You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Monday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. And I do apologize for getting the show out later today. I know I've been late a lot the last two weeks, but I did have this show already recorded, and then right when I was get ready to go to bed, I got the news that CJ Frederick was a confirmed or confirmed source, I should say, said that CJ Frederick was transferring out of the Iowa basketball program. So I felt like that was probably going to be taking up a lot of the show. So I wanted to make sure I covered that. So basically re-recording this entire show. My original plan was to talk through all the other amazing things happening in other Iowa athletic teams and programs, the women's soccer team um, winning their first Big Ten championship, which was amazing. We were also going to talk about spring football. And we were going to talk a little bit about women's basketball and the transfer they just got. We're going to start with C.J. Frederick. We are definitely going to get to the Iowa women's basketball team landing a top 100 recruit from the class of 2020 as a transfer. And if we have time, we'll start getting to the other sports. And then we'll wrap up tomorrow. We'll do some spring football talk just because I know there's been a lot of other fantastic podcasts out there covering spring football. And since I was unable to go... I don't want to steal their thunder. Um, I do want to talk a little bit more about what Kirk Ferentz said to the media, though, and how that kind of gives us a little bit insight into that the roster construction for the Iowa football team. But that's going to probably be coming up on tomorrow's show as we need to cover the breaking news, and that is the fact that C.J. Frederick is transferring out of the University of Iowa. And what's interesting about this entire situation is that there have been rumors since the beginning of March that C.J. Frederick was transferring out of Iowa and going to Kentucky. Now, I've actually addressed this several times on the show because I didn't see a way that this was possible. Simply because the rumors were coming from a random Kentucky blogger. I could not find any other hint of something that would make sense as to why people were saying that. It seemed like really the article that a lot of people were pointing back to was it was all just, you know, thoughts and opinions. Hey, it'd be great if we go CJ get CJ Frederick. He's a Kentucky guy. He'll come to Kentucky. There was no real basis for that information. Now we are starting to see clearly there was some basis for that information. And I have a lot of thoughts on that in a second, but we've also seen some, you know, threads with CJ's uncle commenting that there's going to be help on the way that CJ's or that there's someone going to be joining Kentucky. That's going to be a big time kind of player. And when you start looking at the tea leaves, it's hard to imagine a situation where this was not a decision made in March. I don't understand why it has taken this long to possibly enter the transfer portal. And I think that's something we're going to want to dive into. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot more information coming out on this. But all of the optics at this point don't look good. All right. C.J. Frederick transferring out of the University of Iowa seems like most likely to go Kentucky. We haven't heard from C.J. yet. He did decline. It sounds like he declined interview request um, after the season. But the fact that his dad was talking about help coming, the fact that we've heard these rumors since March, we also heard Fran. You know, Fran was uh, clearly annoyed when he t- spoke to the media last week 
I thought he was just in a bad mood. He spoke very poorly of the transfer portal and how crappy it is for college basketball. And I think if you start putting things together, you start to think, well, maybe there's a bit more to that. Maybe he knew CJ was likely leaving. I also thought it was really interesting. Patrick McCaffrey tweeted last night, what's done in the dark will always come to the light. And I didn't want to get into conspiracy theories last night, but after I read that and thought about it a bit more, to me, he is very passively, aggressively saying, CJ was planning this a long time ago, and there's going to be news that comes out about how this was planned. Um, what's done in the dark will always come to light. He's basically saying what happened behind the scenes will eventually come out. People will know the truth. And Patrick and Connor both, it looked like either never followed CJ or currently unfollowed CJ. Um, and people, you know, so a couple things in this. A, the transfer portal. I want to quickly make a note that I actually think the transfer portal is still a great idea. I think the free one-year you know, one-time transfer without losing eligibility is a phenomenal idea. It puts the power back in the player's hands. Um, and I think it's a great rule for most of the time. Now, in this case where it appears there has been some illegal tampering, it appears there has been some decisions made prior to the season even, even ending for a top 10 ranked Iowa team, that can be a bit frustrating. That's the, that's part of the issue that you get with with the transfer portal. But um, I still am a very big advocate for players having that ability to leave the program if they so choose. We don't know all of CJ's reasoning. Maybe there was something else. Maybe he feels like the training program or what they were doing at Iowa was leading to some of his injuries. I don't know. I'm just speculating there, right? But um, I, I do support the transfer portal and the one-year, you know, or the one-time free eligibility transfer, it just sucks in this case. For guys like Jack Nungy, it makes sense, right? I will openly support Jack Nungy until the day his professional or collegiate career, basketball career in general ends. I will support Michael Bayer. I will support Austin Ash. I will. I supported Cordell Pemsel. Heck, I even kind of supported Isaiah Moss. Even though he was a starter, I, I understood why he left. CJ Frederick is going to steal some playing time. I supported Macy Daly. Basically, my point here is that everyone who's transferred out of the Iowa basketball program has seemingly done it for what I would consider the right reasons. Now, that's not, I'm not the judge, jury, and dictator here to be able to say what is the right reason versus what isn't the right reason. That's just my opinion. But I felt like the reasons why they were leaving made sense. They wanted to get more playing time, they wanted to have a better chance of you know, getting the ball more, being a more focal point of the offense, especially in Isaiah Moss's case. C.J. Frederick was going to be the guy this upcoming year. He was going to be the guy. Iowa, at this point, has now lost four starters. There's a chance Jordan Bohannon comes back. Luca Garza is definitely gone. There's a chance Joe Camp comes back. C.J. Frederick is seemingly gone, it sounds like. The only returner at this point is Connor McCaffrey, who's coming off of double hip surgery. So where does Iowa go from here? I, I Again, I really felt like C.J. Frederick was about to step into a prominent role. He was going to be a big-time player. Um, what we saw from him from a shooting perspective was phenomenal, but what when I talked to Bakari Evelyn several times about C.J., he always mentioned how great of a driver C.J. was and how um, great of an athlete C.J. was. We just didn't see that as much because we didn't need to see that. He was also one of our best on-ball defenders as well. So um, it's a... It's an unfortunate loss for the Iowa basketball team. I'm I can't 
lie to you and say I'm sitting here happy and uh, and whatnot. I don't wish C.J. Frederick ill will. I hope he can stay healthy, but I am not going to be going out of my way to actively cheer him on at any given time. Um, seems like he, I feel hurt. I can only imagine how the Iowa basketball players feel. It seems like they're not very happy right now, and it feels like they might have felt like they've been backstabbed. And I'll, I'll take my cues from what they're kind of doing, right? I mean, clearly Patrick doesn't seem very happy. Connor doesn't seem very happy. Fran seems super pissed um, last week, and we didn't even know anything about the CJ stuff at that point. So um, nevertheless, unfortunate times for the Iowa basketball team. We're going to talk about what Iowa needs to do, though, coming up on segment number two, what they need to do to, to build this team up, who can take over for CJ, what this team looks like going into next season. That's all coming up on segment number two of the show. I do want to tell you about betonline.ag, though, because betonline.ag is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football and college basketball might be over, but the NBA and the NHL and MLB are in full swing. Plus, BetOnline.ag even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television. Real-time updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up today. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That's right. When you go to betonline.ag, you can get a free account and you get a 50% welcome bonus when using the promo code LOCKEDON at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. The Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL Draft from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for the latest draft news. And stay tuned for more info about our live day one draft coverage. Now, coming into segment number two, as I alluded to, we wanted to talk a little bit about what this team looks like going forward. C.J. Frederick is gone. Jack Nungy is gone. Luca Garza is gone. Joey's camp is more than likely gone, in my opinion, because I don't know what he can gain by coming back. That's just my thoughts. We still don't know about Jordan Bohannon. We have yet to hear about him. So at this time, if you look at what this roster looked like this season, right? they have now lost four of their – no, five of their top six players – going into this upcoming season from a team that was ranked in the top 10 throughout the year. They lose five of their six players. Now, when you put it like that, that's scary, right? We know that this team is not going to be a top 10 team next year. I should, I should rephrase that pretty sure when you use it, when you lose a national player of the year, like Luka Garza, when you lose an NBA player like Joe Wieskamp, a sharpshooter like C.J. Frederick, a Jack Nungy who honestly was probably a top eight big man even last year. He has some you know weaknesses, but I would say coming into this year, he could have been a top five big man in the, in the Big Ten. That's huge. And then C.J. Frederick getting that sharpshooter. You got Jordan Bohannon also leaving, um, possibly, I guess. He's a you know great shooter, but dealing with injuries the last two years, the last three years actually, that is not easy to replace. So what does Iowa do from here? Well, we know Fran doesn't like the transfer portal, and I understand that. I understand his point, especially coming from his background of being at Siena. He wanted to build teams up. He wants to get guys in there who are going to stay there and play for him and work their butts off. He also trusts his team development. He trusts the fact that he has a Joe Toussaint and an Aaron Ulis and a Tony Perkins. 
at the guard spots. He trusts that he has a Patrick McCaffrey, a Keegan Murray, a Chris Murray, a Josh Ugandale. He trusts that he has those guys, Connor McCaffrey, that he has these guys, and they're going to be able to play solid basketball for him and play his system the way he wants him to play. But it'd be wrong of us to say we should not be going in to get a shooter. Because at this time, we don't know if Jordan Bohannon is returning or not. At this point, I would say the longer he makes it kind of makes it unknown, I would say there's a better chance he returned. And especially now that C.J. Frederick is gone, Jordan Bohannon is going to be that guy that can shoot the lights out of the gym for Iowa. We also, you know, so we look at that. If Jordan does return, let's assume Jordan doesn't return, okay, because we still don't know yet. Right now, Iowa has Joe and Aaron at the point guard spots. They only have one traditional shooting guard, and that's Tony Perkins. You have a gluttony of players at that small forward spot. Now you could see one of those guys slide over. You could see a Patrick McCaffrey or a Keegan Murray or a Chris Murray get more time at the two. You can see Connor McCaffrey get more time at the two, although Connor McCaffrey, in my opinion, is not a traditional two um, simply for the fact that he can't really shoot the ball super well. I mean, he's gotten better, but he's not really a pure shooter, not a traditional shooter, more of a passer. Uh, We saw Aaron play the two a little bit this past year. I don't think Joe is a, a two in my opinion simply because he can't shoot as well. And I think he does better with the ball in his hands. And with Iowa, that shooting guard spot, you want a guy who can um, hit shots, uh, you know, without taking any dribbles, right? Just hit shots off cuts, that kind of stuff. The four is going to be interesting, again, because Iowa doesn't have really anyone who is a traditional four on that roster that's a scholarship player. You got Josh at that five. That makes sense. I think – Josh losing a bit of weight this this offseason, um, getting more time in that system. He could be a big-time player. But Iowa at this point needs to get a big man in the portal. And we haven't heard a lot more on that front. Still haven't heard much about what's going on there. I think at this point they probably need to get a guard as well. I don't I don't think it has to be a starting-level guard. I think we, if anything else is depth, kind of like we did with Bakari Evelyn. I thought Bakari had some really big minutes down the stretch. Um People might say, yes, we definitely need a guard. We just lost our starting shooting guard. I actually really liked what I saw from Tony Perkins last year. Tony brought energy, both offensively and defensively. The moment was never too big for him, and I think he continued to develop that three-point shot. He is going to be a a great player for Iowa. There's going to be some growing pains, but I think Tony Perkins brings a lot to the table at a shooting guard spot, so we don't necessarily need a starter in my opinion. It would be great if we could – Give Perkins a little bit of time to continue to his development, getting 10 to 15 minutes a game. But I'm also comfortable with Tony Perkins being in there. There will be growing pains next year, though. Have no doubt about it. This is a young team, but it's a it's a different team, right? We're not going to be fully reliant on three-pointers. We're, you know, and dumping it into Luka Garza. We got guys with a lot of versatility to play multiple positions, to defend multiple positions, and to, to attack you in multiple ways. This is now the time Keegan Murray was not probably expecting to be the leader of this team, but he can step up this year and be a big-time player. He shot the ball pretty well in high school. He can shoot the ball well. We didn't see it as much this year. We saw him you know, kind of figure out where his, where his value add was, and it wasn't necessarily shooting threes every single time. But Keegan Murray's a shooter. Chris Murray um, sounds like he's a bit of a slasher. I mean, these guys are are guys that Fran believed in, and people love Keegan. I think we're just buying our time until we can see what Chris can do as well. After talking to Kenyon, you know, 
he believes both those guys are big time players and Chris is right there next to Keegan. They're not that far away. So um, people are kind of thinking this guy might be falling because we just lost CJ Frederick. Losing CJ Frederick is undoubtedly a huge loss. Anytime you lose a guy who shot 47% from three, that is a big time loss. Injuries were always an issue though. You couldn't rely on CJ in that back half of the season. Now you could see without having him in the game how big of a deal that was, but you couldn't rely on him due to the fact that he was so often injured. Again, I think Iowa needs to grab a shooter in the portal now, and there's a lot of guys there. I think Iowa needs to grab another big, possibly two. I think that would make me feel a bit more comfortable. But I still believe this is a team that can make the NCAA tournament even without C.J. Frederick. People might be saying, saying Andrew, you're a homer here, but I think Iowa could be a 9 or 10 seed at the minimum, um, depending on how well they play team defense and how well this team progresses. This is still a very good team. I also think Peyton Sanford's going to be a guy who's going to get a little bit more time than we probably anticipated. He's a guy who's known as a great shooter. So um, Iowa does have guys losing five of your top six players is never easy, but the identity of this team is going to change. And I think it could be a new look team that possibly could grind out games a little better when the shot is not always there. These are guys who can get to the basket. These are guys who can defend at a high level. So that will be a lot of fun to watch regardless um, as more news comes out. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot more news coming out. Um, there's already, there's already, we're already learning a lot, even in the last couple hours, which is why I even waited to post this till now. Um, we're going to be covering all that right here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. So I appreciate you all tuning in. Coming up on segment number three, we're going to try to get through some of the news and notes. Again, not going to get through spring football, um, but going to try to get through everything else as much as possible because a lot of great stuff happening in Iowa sports all around. That's coming up on segment number three. Before we get into that, though, I got to tell you about Built Bar because Built Bar is truly the most amazing protein bar on the market today. It is the protein bar that tastes exactly like a candy bar. It comes in so many phenomenal flavors, and they have they do a great job of coming out with seasonal flavors. Um, when you can get your hands on pumpkin chocolate chip, I highly recommend. Also, peppermint chocolate bark was so freaking good, and those are just some of their seasonal flavors, some of their temp flavors. They have so many amazing all the time flavors you got to check out. If you like fruity stuff, they got fruity stuff. If you like more sweets, they got sweets, salted caramel, mint brownie, that fruity stuff, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, whatever you desire, they have a built bar. But the best part about built bar is not just the taste, but the health benefits as well. These bars are low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. One of my favorite flavors is cookies and creams, cookies and cream, excuse me, when in that 130 calorie bar has 17 grams of protein, only four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs. It's perfect for either a post-workout snack, just to pick me up throughout the day, whatever you need it for, Built Bar is here for you. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. April 19th through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lancafora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast at. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matters to you. That's A-U-D-A-C. Why? Now, we spent the first two segments talking about C.J. Frederick. I had a lot of great content covered for the show today. We already recorded a lot of it, so we'll drop that tomorrow. Um, but we're not going to be able to get to most of it. I quickly want to mention, again, spring football took place 
Iowa fans showed up in droves, and that was amazing. I'm so excited to be at Kinnick this upcoming fall. It is going to be a blast to see you all there, share a beer with you all uh, in a you know socially distant setting or whatever it might need to be, but I'm excited, and it's awesome that everyone got to be able to go back and see spring football. I was unable to make it there. Um, I'll be unable to, unable to make it to the uh, May game as well, but I'll make sure to cover that and cover what Kirk Ferentz said on tomorrow's show um, and talk a little bit about what I heard coming out of spring football and kind of what that means. So I'm not just going to be giving you the opinions of others. I'll be giving you my opinion based off of, of what people saw and what that means going forward. Um, also, Iowa, other, other Iowa sports just absolutely crushed it the last couple weeks, and I'm going to talk all about that tomorrow. We're going to talk about men's tennis, golf, women's tennis, softball, track and field, field hockey. I mean, there's so many things going on. I want to make sure we're covering all of that. But I do have to shout out the women's soccer team for their unprecedented run to win a Big Ten championship. That team started off 2-8-1, and one, all right? And they went on to win four straight in the Big Ten tournament to punch their ticket to the NCAA tournament after beating Wisconsin one to nothing. This is their first Big Ten title, so kudos to the women out there. They absolutely dominated throughout the tournament. They are going to the NCAA tournament, and this is a very young team with only one senior currently in that starting lineup. This tournament begins, the NCAA tournament begins April 27th in North Carolina. We'll absolutely absolutely be covering that as much as we can, and we'll talk a little bit more about that on tomorrow's show. Also, Iowa football player, a former Iowa football player, Noah Fenske, transferred to Colorado. Pretty quick turnaround, but good for him. Wish him the best. Um, like I said, when we talked about this last week, my guess is after a couple practices, he realized that he was not going to be getting playing time anytime soon. Um, that's what. That's my guess. My guess is that he was just, you know, he was clearly losing his spot on that roster, and others were kind of stepping over him. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow because we saw some freshmen get some playing time in spring practices. So I want to make sure we cover that. The other um, thing I wanted to cover before we get to Iowa women's basketball is wrestling. Um, if you're not following Chad Lystico, he does a great job as a beat reporter covering all of Iowa sports. And he had a conversation with Tom, or we know Tom Brands, and I thought it was very eye-opening. And honestly, after that conversation, it made me appreciate what Iowa was able to do winning a national title even more so than I already did. Um, he mentioned the fact that Max Mirren had mono after the Big Ten tournament. And the first time he stepped onto the mat to wrestle was right before the NCAA tournament, since the Big Ten tournament. He had a whole you know, two weeks of not being able to do a lot because of mono. Alex Marinelli separated his rib. All right. He talked a little bit about, again, Spencer Lee and having no ACLs and kind of what they did to get him ready. He mentioned, I'm pretty sure he mentioned that Jaden Ironman and Michael Kramer were also hurting a little bit too. Um, not just emotionally from like losing, but I felt like they, they'd also suffer some stuff as well. But the fact that the wrestling team dealt with so many of those blows and still handedly won the NCAA title is pretty phenomenal. And the fact they are now returning every single one of those guys, it is going to be another fun year. And what I would believe to be the third straight NCAA championship for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, we'll count the two years ago, the or the sorry, last year when COVID shut it down. We'll count that as a win because I feel like Iowa would have won that as well. Another team that's going to be good next year is the Iowa women's basketball team. So this year, you know, a bit younger of a team, not high expectations. People didn't even expect them to make the NCAA tournament. But Caitlin Clark put that team on her back and they made it to the NCAA tournament and made it to the Sweet 16 and played pretty darn well against UConn. But in that game, and in pretty much every game that Iowa lost, there was a couple things that really showed um, or kind of stood out to me. 
A, the team desperately needed depth. Against UConn, only six players logged over three minutes. Not good. When Caitlin Clark left the floor, there just wasn't a lot of movement on that offensive front. They just weren't able to do much without Caitlin Clark on the floor. So when I talked about this after the game, after that game against UConn ended, the thing I mentioned was that Iowa needs to develop a better plan of attack when Caitlin Clark is off the floor. They also need to build that depth and continue to build that depth up. They were getting two top 100 recruits at the forward positions coming in this upcoming season. But especially at that guard spot, there just wasn't a lot that they could bring to the table outside of who they had in that starting lineup. But now, surprisingly, they landed Kylie Furbach. She started for Iowa State this past year and averaged just under six points and three boards per game. She was a top 100 recruit in the class of 2020, and she played AAU ball with Caitlin Clark. Grew up an Iowa State fan, but loved the Iowa offense, loved the opportunity to play with Caitlin Clark, and she is going to be a great asset to this team. Who's going to start, whether it's going to be her, Gabby Marshall, Kate Martin, two of those three, I'm not sure who's going to be the odd woman out, but whoever the odd woman out per se is going to get a ton of playing time with that second string unit coming in um, and is going to do a phenomenal job. And I think that's going to be a huge for Iowa having a little bit more depth, whoever is going to be at that spot. Kylie Fairbach, a person who I believe plays a little bit more like Caitlin Clark than Gabby Marshall or Kate Martin does. So she might be the person coming off the bench, getting 15 to 20 minutes a game. Um, but here's some of the notes that were talked about her coming into her college career. A fundamental guard flourishes in half-court game, triple threat, greater drives and finishes plays in traffic, reads the defense, fades and curls on screens, stops and pops with results in mid-range game to the arc. Also said, agile guard, knocks down jump shots at the arc, rebounds and handles an up-tempo game, passes with purpose, unselfish performer, teammate, drives, punches gaps, and distributes in a five-out game. So what, to me what that means is, A, when Caitlin Clark's on the court, you have someone who can handle the ball and get Caitlin Clark a little bit more space. When Caitlin Clark's not on the floor, you have a floor general in Kylie who can run that offense and keep Iowa um, building on leads as opposed to losing leads when Caitlin Clark goes off the floor. This is a huge pickup for Lisa Bluter to bring her in, and I am so excited. To me at this point, I don't know how you look at this team and say anything but a top 10 team. I think they very much can make the Final Four this year. It's not unrealistic at all. I mean, there's a team that returns 99% of their scoring, and they just added a top 100 recruit in the class of 2020, a person we saw start for a very strong Iowa State team and do pretty darn well. That is going to be awesome to watch. This women's basketball team is legit, and they just keep getting better. And clearly, people want to go play with Caitlin Clark. She even mentioned the fact that Caitlin Clark is a, a big draw for her. That's good for Iowa basketball. That's good for the longevity of Iowa basketball under Lisa Bluter. And I am very excited to watch what this women's basketball team can do going forward. That does do it for our show today. Like I said, tomorrow we'll cover more of the other Iowa sports and talk about spring football and probably give you more updates on the C.J. Frederick conversation. I do appreciate you all tuning in. Have a fantastic Monday, and let's go Hawks.